Welcome to the Right Division Network Podcast, a production of Grace Family Bible Church in Buffalo, New York. I'm your host, Pastor Scott Morton. And we'd like to thank you once again for joining us as we study God's Word, Rightly Divided. We're going to be continuing today in our studies going through the book of 1 Thessalonians, and we've been here in chapter number 4, looking at verse number 15, which says, For this we say unto you, by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. And so last week we looked at some issues related to the idea of the imminency of the catching out of the saints. And talk about how you know, individuals teach the issue of that this could happen at any moment, even though the Apostle Paul does make it clear that there are a few things that have to happen during this dispensation to actually occur prior to this event. And, you know, it sounds great to be able to say that this could happen at any moment, but the reality is, knowing what the scriptures actually say, we know that there clearly has to be certain things happening at that point. And so, we can also know that you know it's not possible that we could ever miss that event. And that was one of the things that when you start getting into Second Thessalonians, you see how there is a discussion that happens where individuals had written unto these saints in Thessalonica and had tried to convince them that they had missed the catching out of the saints. And that's where the Apostle Paul has to let them know that that wouldn't happen because we have a guarantee. Everyone who has put their trust in the gospel message for today, the fact that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried and that he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures, Everyone that has done that is saved, has the seal of the Spirit, the Spirit sealing us, keeping us in the body of Christ to make that guarantee that we are going to be part of this event. And so that's why when Paul's saying this issue of, you know, that we which are alive and remain. So it's the individuals who are actually going to still be here at the moment of the catching out of the saints, that this is what he's writing to these individuals and then saying that the issue of unto the coming of the Lord. Now, this is where individuals really start having that struggle and trying to make multiple events 
be the exact same thing and try to make what we're reading about here in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4 be the exact same thing of what we've seen. Let's go over to the book of Revelation for a moment. We'll go to Revelation chapter number 19 and how individuals try to make 1 Thessalonians 4 be the exact same thing as Revelation 19 here. And we're going to start at verse number 11 of Revelation chapter number 19. It says, And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, and out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Now, as you read this description here in Revelation chapter number 19, this is the discussion of the Lord Jesus Christ returning to earth at the end of the 70th week of Daniel to set up the kingdom and how this event in Revelation 19 this is part of the prophetic program for the nation of Israel and has nothing to do with the members of the body of Christ today. This is not our hope. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4 and Revelation chapter number 19 are not the same events. And we know that if we do an honest assessment of what the scriptures say. And we can see how there's a discussion. If we go over to Matthew chapter number 24, we see how the Lord Jesus Christ is giving the apostles an instruction here about what is going to happen. And here in Matthew chapter number 24, we see the context of everything that's being discussed here when you read verse number 3. And it says, And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came upon him privately, saying, Tell us when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming, and of the end of the world. So, the question that they're asking him shows the context of everything that's going to be discussed here and how he's going to be discussing all of these signs related to the prophetic program pointing to the issue of his coming, the end of the world, the establishment of the kingdom that's going to be set up. And so he starts laying out these various signs 
verse number 29. You, you see the thing, it says, Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. So you see that list of those things that you see over in the book of Joel that identifies the day of the Lord starting. Then you see verse number 30 where the Lord Jesus Christ says, And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together as elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. So we see this issue of where he's describing the end of this period of time and how it ends with his coming the gathering of the nation together and how this has nothing to do with who we are as the members of the body of Christ. Now, there is a discussion farther down here that describes something that individuals try to make say that this is the same event that the Apostle Paul is speaking of here. When we pick up in verse number 37 of Matthew 24, it says, For as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and knew not until the flood came, and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then shall two be in the field, the one shall be taken and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill, the one shall be taken and the other left. Watch therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. Now, individuals start saying that the verses 40 and 41 are the event known as the rapture, the catching out of the saints, because it's talked about individuals being taken away, and so that has to be the catching out of the saints. Now, if you see are reading here and just let the context keep flowing of things, you see how in verse 38, he's describing the individuals of the world and how they're eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage. They're just living their life as if there's nothing different about what's happening. And they knew not until the flood came. So they didn't realize that there was anything different, that there was anything going to happen related to them until the flood actually happened. And then it says, and took them all away. So the individuals that are being taken away in verse number 39, 
those are the ones that were being taken away unto the judgment. Then that's why it says, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. So in that same manner, the coming of the Son of Man, the Lord Jesus Christ, at the end of that 70th week of Daniel, so be in that same manner taking individuals to judgment. So verses 40 and 41, which so many people try to say is the catching out of the saints, the only thing that that could be describing, if it's just like the days of Noah, it means that individuals are being taken away not to a thing of, okay, we're going to receive some sort of a reward. They're being taken away as a punishment for their failures. That's why verse 42 is, Watch therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. Is that they're to be watching and making sure that they're remaining faithful, that they're staying true to their program in order to make sure that they're going to be part of that event. The second coming in Israel's program is not the same thing as the coming for the members of the body of Christ in this dispensation. When you see everything that's described about you know the events of your know, Revelation 19, Mark 20 or Matthew 24, the various other passages that are describing his coming to set up the kingdom on the earth, we see that everything is related to him actually coming and setting foot here on the earth because that's where their promise is, that's where their hope is, and they're going to be part of an earthly program, so he's going to be here on the earth. We know that when we're speaking of us, that we don't have an earthly hope. We have a heavenly hope. That's why we can see things where the Apostle Paul is saying about where our blessings are in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. We see the descriptions you know, that keep going on related to his coming for us that it's described in a different manner. You read Titus chapter 2 verse 13. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ. So it's his appearing for us. Colossians chapter number three. You see the Apostle Paul saying here, and we're going to read the first four verses. 
which says, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. So, we see how, as Paul is writing these things, that when he he's describing something completely different, where for Israel it was the issue of that he's coming down to the earth and he's going to be with them. That's why you can see how his name at the birth, that he's named Emmanuel, God with us. For us, he appears in the air and we go up to meet him. We appear with him. You know, it's a different aspect because it's all tied in to what is the hope that the two programs have. We have a heavenly hope. That's why when Paul writes to the assembly in Corinth, you see that description of things, you know, verses 51 and 52 of 1 Corinthians 15. Behold, I shew you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, this mortal shall, must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall put on incorruption, and this mortal shall put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And that description is that talking about how we're having a change that's going to happen to our body. That we're going to be given a body that's going to be able to exist in the heavenly places and is going to be able to be there for all eternity. The, what preceded this, we'll see, pick up here verse 38. But God giveth it a body as it hath pleased him into every seed his own body. All flesh is not the same flesh, but there is one flesh of men, another flesh of beasts, another of fishes, and another of birds. There are also celestial bodies and bodies terrestrial. But the glory of the celestial is one and the glory of the terrestrial is another. There is one glory of the sun and another glory of the moon and another glory of the stars. For one star differeth from another star in glory. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption, it is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It is sown a natural body, 
It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Howbeit, that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterward that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth earthy, the second man is the Lord from heaven. As is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy, and as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. This, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. And then he goes on to say, Behold, I shew you a mystery. And he, as you read this description, he starts seeing how this body that we're going to have, it's raised in incorruption. It's raised in glory. It is raised in power. It is raised a spiritual body. You know, these things that describe it, you know, and when you see the glory that Paul describes, and he gives the idea of what that actually means, when he's describing there's one glory of the sun and another glory of the moon and another glory of the stars, that we know that when you're talking about the sun, moon, and stars, that the difference among them is the brightness that they're seen by. So it's the light coming off of them that's that glory. And he's saying that the issue is so also is the resurrection of the dead that there's going to be a glory that comes about it and there's going to be some differences in the glory that we have and those differences are going to be reflected by what results from the judgment seat of Christ when we're standing there in the heavenly places with him and that occurs and we receive our reward part of that is going to be that there's going to be a glory there's going to be light shining from us that's why when paul says if we go over to second corinthians chapter number five and verse you know starting in verse eight when he says we are confident i say and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the lord Wherefore, we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body, according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. So, the promise is that every one of us who are part of the body of Christ are going to be standing there at the judgment seat. We're all going to be partaking of that event and we're all going to receive a reward based on what we do here on the earth. And what we do should always be based on what the word of God rightly divided is telling us that we should be doing. That's to be the instructions for us and our functioning. And 
that's our responsibility to be making sure we are following the doctrine given to us today in order to make sure that we can be pleasing unto God and that we're building the gold, silver, and precious stones to be there and that we would receive that reward. Now, as we close here, I'd like to remind everyone of our website, which is www.gracefamilybiblechurch.org. And on our website, we have a number of study articles. We have some charts to help you in your study of God's Word. We have information on how to join our Sunday services and our Wednesday night Bible study live as they're being broadcast on Facebook. As always, if you are in the Buffalo area on Sunday mornings, we would love to have you join us at 83 Anderson Road at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings. And as always, if you have any questions or comments about anything in our broadcast, anything on our website, we would love to hear from each and every one of you. And until next time, keep fighting that good fight of faith, preaching this message to this lost and dying world.